Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. We're trying a different format today. We're going to introduce what we're talking about and who we are, and then we're going to try the intro. So, hi, my name's Nick Bojard. I'm here with... Scott. Hello, Scott. And today we're going to be talking about the Power Platform, which is Microsoft's foray into citizen developers and all sorts of other things. But before we do that, and most importantly, where are we? What are we drinking? (laughs) Well, guess what? We're in lockdown again. Well, we're still, yeah, really. <laughs> I think we're feeling a little bit better than Melbourne. At least we're not rioting in the streets uh, yep. and, and no, no earthquake to back it up. So uh, there's something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, but we have managed to um, obtain a nice little, well, hopefully nice little bottle. This is um, something I've seen around in quite a few of the pubs, the, um, the earthworks. Uh, look, mm-hmm. this, this is nothing flash by any means. It's a, it's a yeah, good, solid sort of pub performer. Uh, Shiraz Cab Sav, the 2019 drop. Um, I actually liked on the back initially because it was saying that uh, um, that they really take it, Earthworks being you know solid. They really focus on the on the on the ground that the grapes come from and the the ancient soils. And I was like, oh, cool, they're doing something different. But it sort of hit me after that. Well, what what soil isn't ancient? It isn't ancient. Well, I reckon even even my broken wood cricket pitch, which I, I've got today. There we go. Thank you, kind of well. Yep. So I'm giving yeah. that a well. Um, it's still ancient soil i reckon <laughs> I, I think you're right in fact how do you make dirt a ancient soil i bet that's what it is but anyway yes. let's get on with the show let's do the intro and let, let's do it here we go sounds good welcome to the wind down an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech enjoy while scott and nick open up about their week in technology And we're back, and today we're going to talk about the Power Platform. Scott, yes. what do you know about the Power Platform? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, when this was first uh, first mentioned, I, I thought it was some new cartoons or something like that. And you said, you know, you said the Power Rangers used to have the Power, but no, no, it's actually a, a, a real thing that comes out. And this, this has been a very interesting development for a lot of people globally um, who can't code. And yeah, it's... I, it's, it's it's, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? The world of the citizen developer. I, I always think there's always been citizen developers. And my first introduction to them was a guy called, I think his name was John Crowley. And he was head of the trading floor at the Bank of Butterfield in Guernsey, where I grew up. And he basically used Visual Basic for applications. This is way back when it probably wasn't real VBA, um, to automate almost everything he did in the trading floor. And, and and that whole Visual Basic and macros and that type of world was really that, that's citizen developers, right? Yeah, yeah. it's strange you should mention Visual Basic. I came across a QBasic application the other day. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. QBasic Pro, I assume, where you can't even get the source oh, and decompile it. That is that is pretty much it. And the, look, the, the good thing is it was still running into Excellent. You know, this day and age, so it's clearly it's a it's a solid application. You know, the bad thing is it, it stopped, um, and no one <laughs> no one can work out why because it just it generates this error and exits, and there's no source code, there's no anything else, and it's yeah. So, so anyway, it's it's always been it's always fascinated 
me citizen developers because there's lots of them out there and i think people should be empowered to build things but if you think of how we've gone we had obviously the basics and the macros of this world then we had lotus notes where applications appeared for everything to do everything um, and I remember back in 05, looking at organizations that still had notes and actually working out how many of those apps they actually used, which was which was very few. Then we kind of had a hiatus. There was really not a lot you could do around that. And then Power Apps, Power Automate, Power BI start appearing. And suddenly we're talking about citizen developers again. We, we are. By the way, I see that .NSF extension appearing in random places on the uh, on the internet every now and then yes it does it yes, does in fact it, I, I, I know a google search to find those but yeah I, <laughs> bureau of statistics and all sorts of people are still using yes, that yes yes but um this uh, when i started getting stuck into some of the uh the power automate or the power sort of line of um of offerings it reminded me of the old crystal reports where all of a sudden you didn't oh. have to have Yes, it wasn't um, your accountant or some developer producing the report for you. you can, oh, I can click here and I can drag this and I put a box here and I can do that. But here's my report. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that it is. Yeah, and, and kind of that's where I started. Well, I didn't really. I started way before that. But certainly in business, the first things I wrote, yeah, working for an organization, I worked for an accounting firm, were written in... Yeah, Excel. In fact, the first big thing mm. I wrote was an accounting product I wrote in Excel that used macros and all sorts macros. of things and yeah. Excel tables to, to do double entry bookkeeping. But you know, before that, I'd written an auto queue in Turbo C, I think, or Turbo Pascal, maybe, uh, and a bunch of things before that. But but certainly that that whole world of the Visual Basics and the VBAs really spawned a bunch of things with people really trying to automate their jobs. Which is interesting, actually, because the old um, Excel macros, which were quite powerful, are now considered such a, a virus threat and a malware threat that you know, the recommendation is to block them outright. Oh, no, exactly, exactly. And I, mean, I hate it when somebody sends me a macro-enabled workbook because of the same thing. But but it's it's that desire to automate what you do in your job, which which I find we almost, by securing it really hard, we've almost lost some of that. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. It's, it's uh, true, yeah. And maybe the Power Platform's going to... You know, things like Power Automate, where you can automate business processes, Power Apps, where you can write applications that run on mobile and desktop. That And you can do that without being a developer, without writing a line of code. That thing I find fascinating. Actually, that's a very strong point. I like the concept that you could just sort of put down, here are my thoughts and here's what I want to produce. And the system goes and goes, oh, you're running it on a phone. Oh, you're running on a tablet. Oh, you're running on a really big screen. Here's, and it just makes it all happen for you. Um, yeah, that's and magic. It doesn't, and it doesn't do it perfectly, right? It does it okay. So yeah. what's, what's interesting is the way we use those things is we use it to prototype. So we'll, we'll send somebody into a business who understands the business to go, who's also a citizen developer, to go and build a power app that works. And then we take that back and we turn it into product. Mm. Which means you can very quickly get something up and going to demonstrate a concept, but then look at, okay, now let's build the proper engine behind it. Yeah, well, and also we can solve the customer's problem um, before we have to think about turning it into commercial software. So there's there's wins everywhere with that kind mm. of stuff. That's interesting. Now, the, when this first came out, there was some interesting licensing around it. 
And I was trying to work. I was trying, and as with many Microsoft products, I was scratching my head trying to work out how on earth does someone license this? But maybe it's done. Oh no, then this happens. Oh then, oh now if I do that, um, am I supposed to do this? But look, the, the end result is that you do have to have a licensed version of it. Um, you're either by paying by the application or by the user. It's not a lot. And to be fair, for you, you're getting uh, a value out of access to the data. Um, and if you can't generate sufficient value to justify the license costs, then I'd probably question why you're doing the activity in the first place. Uh, but um, it's, uh, it, it is just a little bit of a tricky thing you've got to get your head around. Just how it's going to be used. It, it, it is, and and I think it's. I always, I was said, I was, I was talking about this on the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat podcast this morning, and we were saying um, that you know we remember standing there listening to someone on stage saying the biggest innovation innovation in accounting is two screens, so you can copy data from one application to another. Well, that's a great time where you can either build an app or you can write a what we call a flow in Power Automate, which automates that process. Hmm. Well, that's just it. Power Automate's really cool in some cases. We've had it some is. Good uses of that. Um, getting data from one system to another, yep, great use case. Um, getting, uh, even even populating, auto-populating results in some cases into either into spreadsheets or other tools. Um, yeah. Well, if you think about it, Hub One's licensing system, where it generates licenses and licenses customers, is all driven using Power Automate. And has been for years, right? It's, it's, mm. It has been for ages, so. Seems to work. <laughs> Certainly does. <laughs> People are getting that's licenses, great. so. Well, that's good, yes. <laughs> yes. Hasn't failed yet. No. <laughs> uh, that's great. So we, what's some good examples of where we could use um, uh, the, the Power Platform? And, and just to sort of start off, of course, we, that's, within Office 365, so you will Microsoft 365, so you'd have to have your tenancy set up uh, yep. and you would have to uh, generally be licensed for it uh, or get a trial license to start. But just, of course, be wary about just getting trial licenses, then doing things and sort of going off onto other projects and finding your trial expires and then things start breaking. So you, you should do it yep. properly. Um, but where, where are some good examples of um, where businesses could sort of take that technology uh, and yeah, really generate some uh, either some cost savings or some efficiency mm -hmm. gains or um, improve their scalability um, yeah well let's start at the top right so there's okay. there's four different major products as Microsoft sees it in the power platform and um, the first one's power bi okay now, I think we've spoken about Power BI before, but a great example of Power BI we used for one of our manufacturing customers was looking at sales data and predicting what that would look like in the future using some uh, ML visualizations, which are part of Power BI. That was a, was a really yeah. simple thing to do. Oh, actually, it wasn't that simple, but it was fairly simple to do. <laughs> a citizen developer could do it, and suddenly you've got a visualization which is predicting your sales in certain product lines over time. I think that's cool. Yeah. And that's not something you would naturally sit down with a spreadsheet or even a bit of paper and try to work out yourself. That's, that's a, a no. lot of calculations, basing lots of data going in there and producing uh, even the variances looking at, you know, oh, we're accurate, we're going to look like this, but there's a bit on the top, bit on the bottom, and the further out you go, the wider the variances could be. And the, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of work in that. Yet click, 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 and all of a sudden there it is. I mean, that, that's pretty powerful. Exactly. So a seasonally adjusted linear regression analysis, which is effectively what that is, previously, even if you were doing it with a tool like Excel, 
would have taken you days and days to do over the million or so rows we were working against. Whereas click, 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 and there you are. It's, it's done. Power BI is really good at that. Hmm. So that's that's Power BI, right? So so use it to okay. learn stuff about your data. Power Apps. There's a couple of examples I can cite around Power Apps. We've used it for a bunch of different things. So one of the ones one of the ones we used it for is we built an app um, for a school um, using Power Apps, um, which was used right at the beginning of COVID. And um, because everybody who worked for the school had Power Apps on their phone, we could then send alerts. So we used a Power App to raise alerts. We could send alerts, for example, that the school's closed because of COVID, or this is happening because of COVID, or this is happening. So we're able to build a whole infrastructure around an app that sat on the phone, which allowed centrally the school to now communicate in real time with everybody. Not just on email, not just via a Teams message, but not only communicate in real time, but know when that had been seen. And otherwise, to build a custom communication tool like that would what, take months. Month, months and many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, where, and some testing. <laughs> and some testing. And yeah, we used, don't, don't get me wrong, we used a template from Microsoft. We didn't write the whole thing ourselves, but hmm. given the template from Microsoft, we're in production with it within eight hours. Uh, that's, see, that's pretty impressive. Not only do you not have to know about coding, you actually don't really know, need to know too much about how your application is going to work. If the templates are already there and you just sort of got to poke the right yeah. values in, join a few things up to say, this data is here, this message is here, put this together, click this, bang, there's my little yeah. app. Yeah, it could be rough and ready, but it does the job very well. Well, what, what's really neat is that same organization, they um, measure the um, student's sporting ability every, every term. Um, uh -huh. And they used to go out with a clipboard and bits of paper and there's hundreds of students and it just got really messy. And then somebody had to type all that into a spreadsheet and, and all these things. They worked, We they actually, the, the school themselves, not us, built a Power App which works in offline mode where they can actually take an iPad running the app go away from the network, enter all this data because the student list is still there. When they come back on the network, it automatically synchronizes. And one of the people in the school built this app um, and they're using it to do all their sports measurements from now on, getting rid of all sorts of stuff. And that's just it. Visibility of data allows you to mm -hmm. make better decisions, which allows you to generate better results. Yep. So there's a couple of examples of parrots, and we've got a few in the wild, right? So there's there's lots we build out there that people are using. This is a couple of examples, which I think is just that stuff's cool. And I'm really heartened when you go and build one for a customer, and then they phone you up and say, "I've just built my own." I mean, that's that's the whole teaching a customer how to fish, right? Because it's exactly where we want to be. Not not selling them fish all the time, but actually teaching them how to, so they can they can go and do cool things by themselves. So that's that's that one. Yeah, and look, once you start to get to that point where the customers are building their own apps or automating their own parts of the business, you actually start to have more intelligent conversations, not things around, oh, we've got to fix this, this, and this problem, knowing that, well, that's that's a, like a 20-year-old problem. We should have really done this 20 years ago. Yep. It's really about how can we really push the barriers of what's new today and really demonstrate leading edge decision-making and technology in generating outcomes. And when you get to that point, you actually start getting involved in some really interesting projects. You do. You do. So that was the first two. We've talked about Power BI and Power Apps. We haven't talked yes. about Power Automate yet. Right. So Tell me Power, about Power Automate. Power Automate's like super cool. Um, and when it started, it was this super cool tool that allowed you to integrate cloud applications together and do stuff graphically. 
So it's like drawing a go electronic flow chart, and then it does it for you. So we've used it to get data from one system to another system. Um, we've used it to do notifications, to tell people what's going on. In, in our example, when you go and subscribe for a Hub One license, you fill in an online form, that goes through Power Automate, which does all the magic in the background to grant you a secure license that allows you to use the product, right? So, and then reports on it and all sorts of stuff. So, so that built, that's built in. But when Power Automate started, it was called Flow, still use the word in there somewhere, um, it was cloud platform to cloud platform. And it didn't really do very well getting down onto what happens on computers, at least in, in your environment. But recently they've, they've invested in another company and bought out robotic process automation. Mm. And that means if you've got a legacy application, that the only way you can drive it is with the mouse and keyboard, it can do that for you too. <sighs> This is the old screen scraping technology. This, this is it's a little more advanced than that, but yeah, very, very similar. So, so if you think, and I, I meet customers all the time who say, but, but, yeah, I've got to read things here and put it into here and make a decision, and I'm going, we can automate every last bit of that, and and we, when you look in a business or you look at the job you do or you look at the job your team does, you'll find there are jobs that are taking days that are really, yeah. What I consider boring, um, you know, data manipulation jobs. Yeah. That because you're stuck using this system or that system or this and that, you really struggle historically to automate it. And now Power Automate can let you do that. That's great. So, so, and, and the one to remember with that is two things to remember. Number one, that saves you time. Time saving time is mm -hmm. always nice, um, but it increases the quality of your output. Because the computer's doing it, it doesn't make mistakes. Whereas you, as a human, just do. It's just one of our the human condition. Well, so it, yes, it increases the quality. But the other thing to think about, if you're the type of organisation that bills on hourly billing or you know billing for time, you need to be very careful to think about if I'm going to reduce the time it takes to something for something, am I still going to bill at the same amount of time, or am I going to bill at less, or am I going to meet in the middle? somewhere how, how is that going to work for you because at some stage you're now going to have to take the time equation away from the value equation of what you're charging the customer and have a think about it and i think for lots of organizations that's quite tough it it is because they've had the the mentality of the previous 50 years or whatever their profession driving they're thinking that i work an hour i bill an hour yep but now I mean, that's that, and that's yeah, very fair. Nothing wrong with that. You, you've you know, you've done the study, the education, the training, and you, you know, you've worked out what the hourly rate's going to be, and there's an hour of effort. But yes. I also say that once once you start going down the automation path, if you've then developed further skills and used those skills or used additional resources, being you know, time, money, or whatever, to make that hour happen in half an hour, you should be able to therefore, okay, I'll build for the half hour, but the rate has now gone up. Because yep. I've you know, gone and done all this extra effort that I want to now get a recovery on. So that's yeah, in I th theory I th I how think, we should be able to do it. Yeah, that's important to think about. So I think anybody who's embarking on automation or talking about automation, that, that's the first conversation you should have is, how's this going to affect my business? Because if you say, the only way I can justify um, billing my customers is on human effort in hours, then automating stuff... 
means you charge less. You need to get more customers, right? And and that could work yeah. for you, right? This could you could suddenly be cheaper than anybody else and go and get a whole ton of customers. Oh, sniffles. Um, but um, it, it, as you could get more customers, or you could not, and you could reduce your revenue. So you've got to be very careful with it. I, I do think there is a value to be had for efficiency. Yes, people will. People would pay. Uh, not so much more, um, but they would still pay the same amount regardless of how long the job took to do. If I had a a, a project, like let's say a tax return, um, mm. just thinking about one specific thing and knew it was going to cost $1,000 to do a tax return, I don't really mind if it takes five minutes or if it takes five days. I want the end result and I know it's going to cost that. Yeah, and I, I hear that and I'm very much of the mindset that you have there. I agree. That's what I think as well. But... You and I know, and we have customers who, who have this mentality where they really boil everything down to hours. So in my world of software development, I hire seniors who get things done quicker because they've got tools and utilities and they know how to use them. Offshore developers take longer, but their hourly rate is cheaper. And so we have customers very often going, how much time did you spend on that? And I go, the time's irrelevant. What's the value to your business? Mm, that's just it. Uh, and what I've seen with uh, a lot of the offshore teams as well, they certainly produce a good result, but they could also take a lot longer because they're perhaps not as experienced as some of the senior people that have been driving that or obtaining a larger return on whatever they're costing. Yeah, you, you look, the more, the more you do commercial quality software, the more you learn, the, the, the more you learn on how to shortcut things and make them work better and do more quality mm -hmm. code and have less bugs and, and those sorts of things. And that's, yeah, but, that's important. I like to think more of what not to do. Yeah. You learn that, which is just as important. But as so, what to yes. do. Yeah. No, I, yes. t I totally agree. So, so yes. that's, that's the three, but there's one I'm missing. And this is the Ooh. one that, it, at least in the SMB world, we haven't played with a lot yet because up until quite recently, this was very, very enterprise priced. Actually, it still is to a degree. It's, it's not cheap, um, but it's power virtual agents. And that's being ah. able to build chatbots that work with your data and answer your customers' questions. I saw when this uh, when the virtual agent thing first came out, and I was like, "Oh, what yeah. is this? This is another toy or something like that." No, no, it's a it's actually really cool. You teach it some knowledge. Yep. Here is like here is a like here are the top. 50 questions that we would get asked and here are the standard answers. So, and yeah, you know, work out if this is the question being asked, here's the initial responses. And then here are the responses to that. And all of a sudden um, it can be a bit like the, um, yeah, the, the frequently asked questions uh, in, in a bot form. And you think, yep. well, who's, who's going to use that? Well, lots of people use that. And especially the younger generations coming through today, they are used to, that type of, t in fact, they want that response there. They want to be able to type something in and have someone be an automated bot, go look it up and tell them what the answer is. They do. Now, this is being priced like, like I think, Adobe price electronic signing. So let me explain it. Adobe price <laughs> electronic signing because printing something, um, putting a stamp on it, posting it to someone, them opening it, signing it, taking a copy, putting it in the post and sending it back is a couple of bucks, right? And yeah. plus time. Um, yeah. So they price around that cost of five, six bucks a signature because that's what it costs you. And so they might do a bit less than it saves you. Powerverse Virtual Agents, starting price is 1,300 in Australian dollars at the moment, at time of 
saying this from the website, retail is $1,373 per month for 2,000 sessions. Hmm. And you go, $1,300 a month. And in SMB, it's a lot of money. Yes. But if you think, if you can reduce the load, and it's very easy support or anything that's service-based, to reduce the load by half to a whole person with a virtual agent very easily by getting it to answer your top questions and going through the list and making it work. Um, that could save you a whole salary, and a salary isn't 1300 bucks a month. No, it, it certainly isn't. And, and this is the same thing that we've looked at with some um, various technologies. Some have been quite expensive, and others have been very cost-effective. And you look at, oh, let's use the cost-effective version. Then you end up, okay, we, we save a, you know, like, four or five dollars a user or something like that that's great then you end up spending you know like 40 hours a month on support or on extra tasks because the thing's just more complex and it doesn't do this and it's oh, this is killing us pay the extra four or five bucks and stop having to do any of this in the first place and we'll be a lot better off yeah so it's yeah so so is it where i say it's priced at the enterprise you know it, it kind of is um but i would say for anybody who's service-based who is dealing with customers, is dealing with an ever-decreasing age group, right? Customers are getting younger. Delivering power agents as a front end to your business, I think will only pay back in space. Absolutely. And you're doing it all, you're doing it, yeah, you're doing it all in 365, right? So this is all in Microsoft 365. And the other things in, you know, wrapped around that is Dataverse, which is a whole database model there's ai and ml all about understanding documents and receipts and all sorts of things there's it's just a, a vast amount of things going on um but but that kind of is an overview of the power platform so for people who think office 365 is exchange and sharepoint and teams um it really isn't there's a vast amount of things there to really improve businesses that's great thank cool. you nick and our plug us. We're really good at this too. So we've, we've done lots in this space. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's called an ad. That is called, wow. It's, this, this, this webinar is sponsored by TribeTech. It's got their logo in the back. Isn't it supposed to pop up on the screen or in a search result somewhere or annoy you and not let you get out of it until you click 12 times in random locations? And... Yeah, yeah that, that'll be the one. So, um, so that was the, the wind down. I hope you enjoyed it, whether you're, whether you're watching live or, or whether you, you, you're one of the 15,000 people who've watched us on YouTube now, woohoo, um, or, or whether you're listening to us on, on Apple Podcasts or CastBox or Amazon, Audible.com or wherever you get to us. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today we appreciate it please subscribe um and hit the little bell if you have one to be notified when we release new ones of these it's normally every wednesday um and please leave us a comment or a question we do read all of them um and we like to include the things you're asking for um so we can actually get back to you and respond to them um but that was the wind down wow thank you that's wonderful <laughs> that's awesome that was lots of fun uh, i think that that's it i think all that's left to say is have a good day everyone thanks everyone see ya bye bye bye